Enemy Empire has been repulsed, but this one defeat will increase its determination to crush the rebellion once and for all. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Tonight, we're talking J.J. Abrams directing Episode 9. Check out our sponsor, SkywardFunSupply.com, from Funko Pops, the three and three quarter inch figures, and all the way, the six inch black series. SkywardFunSupply.com, your home for all your Star Wars toy needs. My name is Zach Weber. Tonight, I'm joined by Mark. Hello, everyone. Sanger. My son is with them. (laughs) There it goes. And back again. For the first and only time someone's had a guest reappearance on this podcast is Eric. Hey, guys. Join us as we discuss these topics. So after 30 minutes of, of BSing, we can finally talk about the topic at hand. Uh, this broke the internet yesterday. JJ is directing episode nine. I am on a roller coaster of emotions right now. I go from <laughs> the elated high of Colin Trevorrow getting canned to my worst fears being realized with JJ being rehired. So at this point, you know what? I'm about to take I'm about to take all my Star Wars toys and just throw them out the window out of frustration. Imagine the end of Citizen Kane. That's kind of how I'm feeling right now. But <laughs> but what is your opinion on JJ returning back to the Star Wars saga? Uh, all right. Well, before we get there, um, I hope that by the end of this uh, podcast, we pull you off the ledge a little bit. So, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, we'll try our best, but we'll see. You know, intervention. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean. It all goes down to the final product. But anyways, here it goes. Um, I feel that uh, Disney, this, this choice was essentially a safe choice. Now, I don't mean safe as in they're going to play it safe. But I mean safe as in they know who they're working with. They know, you know, uh, because of the success of The Force Awakens, um, you know, both critically and, you know, um, commercially, um, they they feel safe that he's going to deliver a, a good product that will make a lot of money and that, that, that most people will like. And, um, now, um, as far as what it'll be, you know, um, is it going to be something, is it, is he going to take risk? I don't know. Um, you know, it all depends what happens in episode eight as well. So, you know, we're, we're, I mean, we're more than two years away for episode nine. Um, Oh, that's the other thing too, that we got to remember. Um, the date got pushed back for episode nine. Uh, it was Not again. Yeah, it was from May. Uh, I forgot the date, but uh, in May. But it was from May, May till December of that year. Um, I don't find that too surprising. Um, but um, I, I don't, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I, I do kind of feel though that this is pr- this was probably a JJ demand uh, more so than anything else. Um, you know, but. You never know. Uh, you know. Well, I'm sure from between now and then we'll we'll find out the reason. I mean, if you remember though that you know, um, the Force Awakens was originally slated to come out in the summer of 2015, but you know, it, it's happened every time. Episode eight too. Remember, uh, it was supposed to come out in May because 40th yeah. anniversary and everything. Yeah, that that too. Um, I don't know what happened. I, um, I I think they were rewriting or something. They wanted to add like more side characters or whatever. Right. It could have been rewrite, or you know, it could have been. Um, it could have been. Um, you know that you know they saw they made a lot of money for the Force Awakens and on a December release, so like, oh, you know, maybe we can make more money. No, uh, but everyone, was, that was like the post Force Awakens high, where they're like, oh, great. 
we see Rogue One in December, and then we only have to wait six more months for more Star Wars. Like everyone was so jazzed about it, and then they take it away. It's like, nah, you gotta wait. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got a feeling that they were trying to. Okay, like I got a feeling that uh, I don't know. I'm personally of the opinion that that yeah, they did. Plus, they, uh, they were, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was I, I was gonna say um, I got a feeling uh, that. Uh, that they originally, um, you know, they always intended to, to to do, you know, summer releases, May releases, but then, you know, things yeah, happen with the, with the, the Force. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, I was gonna say uh, things happen with the Force Awakens, and they pushed it to December. But then they're like, all right, we're gonna try to get back to that May uh, window. But then they saw so much money coming out, and then they saw that, you know, the, that the Last Jedi um, wasn't, you know, it was getting delayed in production. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do December. And now they've kind of stuck in December. Yeah. But, and also, anyways, like, what were you going to say? Sorry. You, you also got to remember May is like Marvel's uh, stomping grounds. It's like there a Marvel movie will come out on in the first Friday of May. That's like, you know what I'm saying? That, that thing yeah, happens every, every year. But uh, uh, anyway, I think I think the only time Marvel missed May was 2014. That's because of the good old Amazing Spider-Man too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sony tried Sony tried to che- uh, trick people into thinking it was a Marvel Studios movie co- because they put it out the first Friday of May. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I miss that whole Amazing Spider-Man two hoopla. So um, all I know is that a lot of fans didn't like it, and therefore you know things happen, and you know now he's in the MCU. Um, yeah, but, but um, yeah, no. Um, but coming back to uh, you know, coming back to my thoughts about about you know this JJ uh, coming back, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I, I I do hope he takes some risk. Uh, you know, I don't want to see you know a uh, rehash of Return of the Jedi. And I think we're gonna be clear of that because uh, now this is all wishful thinking, but. Uh, it's, isn't it well known that uh, A New Hope is JJ's favorite movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's floating around the internet the last like, couple hours. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah, it's his favorite movie. So I, you know, I mean, it's like it's personal to him. So maybe he couldn't just fight the urge to remake the movie he loved. He probably doesn't feel that strongly about Jedi, so that he'll is, be more. Is, in- so, so if that's true, does that mean JJ's favorite Star Trek film is The Wrath of Khan? Oh. I, I, I suppose so. <laughs> Your logic well, I mean, is flawless. Well, I mean, that, that, is the, that is the best one. Well, come on. Like, okay. Go ahead, Zanger. What are your thoughts on JJ returning to all this? Well, I've, I've got a few things. Um, Zach, I want to ask, how does that sock taste? <laughs> I I am I am eating now, it right now. Uh, you now, know, like, there's, there's an episode of The Simpsons where um, a biker gang comes to Homer because they make their logo. Yeah. They make him eat all the stuff. That's what I'm doing right now. I have my fork and knife, and I'm cutting and. Oh no no no! Hold on. I was oh. going to say you should, you should each week, eat my cook sock. your sock in a different way. Like cut it up so you have a few weeks worth of this. You know, do a blend it. Sock, you know, grill it, blend it. I'm I'm going to eat it. my sock. I, I I have a Darth Vader sock, and I'm going to make a very comical image of me eating it in the coming weeks. <laughs> Good. Um. But yes. Uh, you mean- As my opinion on J.J. Abrams being on again, it creates a very interesting dynamic if you really think about the trilogy as a whole, because what does that do to The Last Jedi then as a movie? It's this weird sort of stepchild then of the what what could have been a J.J. Abrams run trilogy. Yep. Yeah. 
So, well, I think well, that's a good point, Zinger, and I'm well, stealing this you, from someone. But, um, there's somebody on Twitter named Sleepy Skunk. He makes like mashup videos, and he actually tweeted yesterday. He goes, "The Last Jedi basically now has secured its place in the sequel trilogy as being the Empire Strikes Back version, solely because it's going to be the only different version out of a out of a trilogy that more or less is going to have." a streamlined vision. It's going to be that yeah. one chapter that has the least or at least supposedly studio meddling out of all three, or at least the most yeah. original vision out of the three. Yeah. It's like the Logan or whatever. I don't even say it's that. Like, I think it's going to be the empire strikes back of this, of this trilogy. Even, even if the film has nothing thematically similar to um, empire, I think because of the decision they made yesterday, it's it, it, it has that now it has okay, that I'm stigma. I'm trying to think of any other example. I don't think there is one. It's, it's, like, I don't think there's an even better one than this because it, it yeah, fits so yeah, well. It's, it's all Star Wars. Yeah. And that's what makes uh-huh. it so, like, like I said, like, I know I've made my opinion on The Force Awakens loud and clear to like the three people who actually listen to this podcast. But it's just the whole idea is like, it's, this decision just goes to show that Lucasfilm was uncomfortable with what gareth edwards did which is obvious considering the reshoots controversy and that rogue one was a happy mistake it was they did not want that film being what it turned out and they tried to i guess oh god after the fact conform it to their vision and that's what makes me wonder about rogue Mm. one and and now that we're seeing a like as much as i dislike colin trevorrow at least there was the potential of him doing something different it wasn't likely but at least there was hope on the horizon. But now with JJ, it I just mean, shows he was, that yeah, he was it shows all that goodwill, card. all that goodwill they have from Rogue One and with what Ryan Johnson keeps promising with new, different, unique, genuine goes completely out the window with the guy who made a who's basically known as making rehashes yeah. of everything. Star mm-hmm. Trek's a rehash, Super Eight's a rehash, Mission Impossible's also. a rehash. It's like it's it's like come on, you're hiring the rehash king. It's like you're, like, I, and like Mark said, it wasn't a safe Hash choice. Brown. Absolutely. <laughs> Hash Brown, yeah. But and that's what I mean, though. It's like, yes, it, is it the safe choice? On paper, absolutely. On paper, yeah, this also, is 100% a sound business decision. But it's just frustrating from a, a creative perspective. Also, you could see uh, with Ryan Johnson with like New Different Everything, you could also see like uh, Mark Hamill, he, he gets all giddy about uh, Last Jedi and everything because it is something different. Yeah, and I think that's, I think it's going to be. It's just like I, I, maybe you guys read some of the speculation over the last few last day or so, but like I know Deadline was reporting that apparently Lucasfilm did offer it to Ryan Johnson and yeah, declined. Yeah. It's funny but, because even the day before that, uh, Ryan Johnson was at some like press uh, junket and he even said it's not going to be me who directs it. Well, he said cause it was it was a foreign language thing, and yeah, somebody Japan. was translating. Yeah. And what it was, he says, I never envisioned directing episode nine. He didn't say I wouldn't. He says, I never envisioned directing. Which, in the place, like, I would imagine someone like him, God, he's been, what? He was announced in what? A, like 2014. A no, no. It was, I think it was 2015. It was like a, like a Disney shareholders convention. I remember I was um, live. I- I was I was reading one of those live updating feeds. I'm pretty sure it was the shareholders convention in 2015. I, I know Tra- I know Tra- I, I know Trevorrow was announced in 2015. I, I, I oh yeah, they announced a lot of people. I want to say it was late 2014 though. Mm, no, mm. 
there was still I, I am pretty I'm almost certain it was uh, the shareholders convention. Maybe he was uh, in talks late 2014 or something like that. Or something I don't know, but no, it's it, the whole it, idea. it doesn't really matter. Oh no, but just the whole idea. I guess looking at it too is that think about it. Ryan Johnson's been working on this film since I, I, we're going to argue here, but just for the sake of my argument, spring of 2015. So he's been working on this film for over two and a half years now. So I imagine I don't want to say he's burnt out, but I imagine he's at the very least a little tired of Star Wars. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it is. And, and I mean I, that that's great, honestly. Uh, when he's done with Star Wars, then he could get back to doing uh, another smaller project that will he, probably be will probably be great. Yeah, I, I, you know, I agree with you hundred percent, though. But I feel like if there ever was an instance of a, a auteur, auteur, uh, auteur filmmaker needing to rescue a franchise picture from a sea of mediocrity. It was this. Cause like, yeah. I, and, and like, like I want to read something really funny. Like, like I tweeted, he was too good. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean though. But like I, I found this on uh, Jedi temple archives. Somebody wrote this. Someone says opening crawl for episode nine. Ray Skywalker slash Solo has returned <laughs> to her home planet of Jakku in an attempt to rescue her friend Finn from the clutches of the vile gangster Unkar Plutt. Oh, Little does no. Ray know that the First Order has secretly begun construction on a new armored space station even more uh, powerful than the oh. first dreaded Starkiller base. <laughs> when completed, oh. this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of resistance fighters struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. And, oh. I, and like, and, and but like you know, the thing about JJ though is that I don't think JJ has an original bone in his body. Everything he does is derivative from something else. So yeah. he's going to sit there look at what. And I still, I, I, I might be eating my other Darth Vader sock come this December. But I just have a feeling that Last Jedi might do something completely out of left field come third act. And I think Lucasfilm is going to be ab considering how. Uh, I don't even want to say afraid of change or just so hesitant to embrace novel ideas. Yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I think something's going to happen in the last Jedi and the fan base is going to recoil from it. I think they're going, there's because somebody was tweeting something out the other day. Maybe Mark, you remember it might've been Jason Ward saying that Ooh. somebody, one of his friends had seen the last, Oh no, this was um slash film. Peter from slash film said, Oh, one of his associates saw like parts of the last Jedi. And his friend said something on the lines of like, Oh, even though I don't like it, I definitely respect it. And it feel, and the ending feels un star Warsy. And 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 that's and I think they are going to do something that no one's expecting. And, and I think it's going to it has to go to, to Ray. To be fair, uh, I think the Force Awakens ending was pretty un Star Warsy with a three sixty shot. Thank you. Finally, somebody else who agrees with me on the fact that ending a Star Wars film with a helicopter shot is yeah, just like, weird. Is, I'm like, what's happening? I oh, oh god, Eric. You know what? I got to insert the clip from Step Brothers here. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Because mm -hmm. that that shot, like from the moment I saw it in the movie, just always bugged me because it feels so out of place. Yeah, but and they said JJ couldn't do anything different. Well, that's what I mean. Though that's my problem with the Force Awakens. And we are, I, I'm not sure, Eric, what we've told you, but come December, we're going to do um, in honor of Seinfeld, we're going to do Festivus Month, where we air our grievances about <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, I heard my, about that. All right, and so we're so we're going to sit there. I'm going to have my entire episode where I redo the entire plot to the Force Awakens. 
so we we might have to invite you back for this considering that you and i are on the same page it's a podcast about nothing hey there we go it's it's a podcast about nothing yada 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 snoke is palpatine snoke is plagueis yada 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 snoke is uh what's his newman oh my god you know i just realized is newman you know i just oh my god you know what i just realized you know how Ryan Johnson keeps saying that Snoke's identity is not going to be revealed in this film? That just means that J.J. is going to be the one who decides who Snoke is. Yeah. That's terrifying. Like, that might actually keep me up at night now. Like, I'm going to break out in a cold sweat in the next, like, two years to, oh, my God, the guy who gave us John Harrison is Khan is going to actually decide who Lord Emperor Snoke is. Oh my God! You know what? I just depressed. Hey, Mark, I thought you were going to walk me off, walk me back from this ledge. I think I just oh, jumped a little bit. No, what? no, we're, we're, you'll, we, we, we'll, you'll, you'll feel bad. Oh like, I, I mean, oh. look, look, I think JJ, you know, her got the message about re- regarding, you know, some of the criticisms. Oh yeah, you know, wait, of. I can't wait until the uh, press tour for this movie because every question is going to be, "Hey, hey, hey, JJ, n- n- nice to meet you. Uh, why did you remake uh, episode four? <laughs> this is this yeah, going to be no. every question. You know what I'm saying? It's like he can't escape it. So it's like, if, I mean, if he if he really cares about Star Wars and he's not just in it for the cash, then he'd tr- you know try to do something different to save his cred. Yeah, well, I think he's been asked those kind of questions already, but I, I think the questions are going to be, uh, hey, um, can you ensure fans that, you know, that you took risks in this movie, you know, something like that, I don't know, you know, because they, they know a lot, they, they know the criticism that it has gotten, um, I don't think they're going to, you know, say, uh, yeah, why did you I, do this, you know, it's I like, what, did you, what, are you, what are you doing different now, you know, that's gonna I'm be thinking the that's why they keep hyping up Ryan Johnson's, like, different stylistic stuff. Well, but my issue with that, though, is that you look at, like, oh, J.J.'s learned his lessons from The Force Awakens. But how can people possibly say that? You have Star Trek Into Darkness, and even though I really like Star Trek Into Darkness, the number one universal complaint about that film is that it's so derivative and has so much fan service in it. No, no, no. It it has this. It has the whole mystery box thing that Abrams loves, his little mystery box of, you know, what's the mystery of this? And with Star Trek Into Darkness, it was, who's this new bad guy? It's it's Khan. No, it's not. It's, It's not. It's not. It's not. But, but even think about, but even think about all the parts in that film, like between like uh, not but Kirk dying in the radiation chamber and Spock yelling "Come!" and you have all no, that, no, and you I, have I, all I, these I elements. Think, I think no, 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 no! Stop! I got it! I got it! Ray's gonna be saved by the Metaclorians in her blood, and they're gonna for some reason have is is it Carl Urban who does? does that who does bones he's gonna be yeah. the doctor he's gonna be like you had some super blood no Dread. that can't happen because alex kurtzman and robert orsi are not writing this that only happens in their films they are about, obsessed what? with uh jesus blood oh i need the jesus spider blood yes every movie that they make oh has my super gosh blood in right it. i don't think transformers had super blood though that will come up later 
Uh, I don't know. Doesn't he have something, something blood and transform? Well, I know the super blood is, I mean, it's, in, it's an amazing Spider-Man. It's in Star Trek. I gotta look up their, their, their writing credits now. Um, I've, I've got it. Just, just, you know, just be glad. Isn't it in the mummy? I don't know. That's only Kurtzman. It doesn't matter. They're the same person. They have a high just- line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, or see with his uh, truth or uh, conspiracy theories. Yes, nine eleven truthers. Oh, is oh it? okay. Yeah. They also, did, they also. It's funny. You look at their like their um, uh, their writing credits, oh. and it's just it's just layers upon layers of mediocrity. The oh, island. Didn't the island have super wow. blood in it too? Un- untitled um, Van Helsing. Untitled Star Trek sequel. Untitled Phantom of the Minute. Phantom of the Opera, Untitled Hunchback and Notre Dame. Oh my gosh, what Rem- is going on? Remember when Ortsy had a tirade on the uh, Star Trek forums? I, I heard it's about like, that. My movie, it's like my movie's good because it made money. <laughs> that's basically what it was, and that's what that's when Paramount was start, was positioning him to direct the third movie. Uh, no, it was Orsi They were trying to position to Orsi, direct. Okay. Uh, just be glad you know what we could be glad about uh jj he didn't bring his friend uh damon lindelof uh on star wars yeah. i don't see i don't get yeah. why lindelof gets so much gets so much uh, he's not bad he just like i think everybody likes to give him so i can to be fair i never watched lost so i can't comment on that uh, but it's it's like like everything i've seen with damon lindelof i have no problem with like i like prometheus, prometheus. No, but Prometheus actually makes a lot of sense if you actually but like focus on they it. Ha- they had a smarter script before. Well, yeah, Ridley, I, I would believe Ridley Scott's more at fault for Prometheus and Alien Covenant than, than oh, Damon Lindelof. No, Alien, no, Alien no, 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 Alien Covenant. Oh my gosh, if you want to that. talk about a train wreck of something that just, that just, oh my gosh, it somehow retroactively made Prometheus a bad movie. I love Real. Alien Covenant. I absolutely what? love Alien Covenant. Zach. Alien Covenant is what? my third favorite Alien film. I absolutely Zach. love it. I did love you, Alien Covenant. Did you watch it with your eyes? Yes, I was the only person in the theater that actually liked it. Did it leave? He did I like Alien ring. Covenant. Oh. I love. I'm the only person in the theater at that moment that did not laugh at that part because I was so engrossed in the scene. I'm like, why is everybody laughing? I, I know what he means. Maybe you're right, Maybe you're just a Fastbender fanboy. I love Fastbender. I th- he's one of my favorite actors, and I th- I'm so glad he does all these garbage movies because I feel like <laughs> he actually. It's true though. He does like Assassin's Creed, X Men. He does this garbage. And the best part is, I think he's fully aware of the fact that he's better than this. And hey, like, I don't care. X Men First Class is no garbage. X Men, no, he's good in all the movies except it's just oh, like man. you ha- you have these weird. Wonky He's kind plot of sleepwalking in uh, Apocalypse. He really didn't do much. Oh, yeah. He has nothing to do with that. Oh. That's not yeah, his fault, could, though. And you can see the green screen reflection on his helmet. That never gets lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. No, but like, Plastic. no, I, I, liked, I liked Alien Covenant. We're not getting into that. I can defend that movie if I want to, but I'm, I'm too oh. tired to do oh, so. Yeah, I, 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 I've, I've, sorry, uh, I've got an unpopular opinion here. But oh, yeah, going take. back, one more thing. Alien Covenant had those liar trailers like all the DC movies had. Wait, what? 
Yeah, it's like the lying trailers that make the movie look good. Remember the amazing Man of Steel trailers? I I thought the well, this is like okay, this is where I wish Jim was here, because like I absolutely hated the Alien Covenant marketing. I thought it was awful. I'm like the only reason why I saw it was because I felt compelled as loyalty to the fan to the the franchise. And then I saw it and I absolutely loved it. And I'm like, and then I watched it again on the home video, and I really liked it still. So I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I want a Walter, did- I want a Walter action figure. But dude, those Man of Steel trailers. I don't like. I never like. I never understood why Man of Steel trailers clicked the way they did. I think Man of Steel is, is it's the equivalent no, of I, sticking a bunch of utensils in a blender and turning it on for it forty was, minutes. Maybe it's because they use like Lord of the Rings music in like the first trailer. I don't know. Mark, what's your hot take? I've never seen any of the Alien movies. Oh man, you're missing out. I know. You're I missing know. out. Mark, yeah, come I, on. <laughs> you know, I've told you that um, yeah, that I'm not a big movie buff person. Um, you know, so that's one of the examples of you know that demonstrate I'm not. I know I'm, I'm I'm late to the party. You know, I'm but yeah, one of these Mark, days I will. Mark, also, go go take go get twenty bucks. Buy the whole set on Blu-ray. It's like twenty bucks. And you get like twelve movies. Sorry, oh. wait. I, I How many aliens have they made? <laughs> Too many. All right, yeah. here's what you need to do. Go watch oh, Aliens, Aliens, and then don't watch anything else. You're, you're good. They might do no. Aliens three. They might do Aliens 3D soon. Oh, oh that's a, that after after the abysmal take of Terminator Two in 3D. There is no think about it. Be, Terminator Two in 3D did so badly. Universal was <laughs> shutting down the ride at Universal Studios. Oh, <laughs> I, really? I loved as punishment. I know, I love that ride too. And I was actually contemplating flying down there on the day it was oh. closing so I could ride it one more time. But then I realized, you know what? Maybe it'll even delay that pushback date after the events in uh, Florida recently. No, there's no way. That thing is getting shut down. And the boys across the street already made a deal with James Cameron. Yes, but they made a deal for Avatar. They didn't make a deal. Think about it, James Cameron's still doing Battle Angel, apparently. And think about oh, it, if he it, does. If he does make another um, Terminator film that's really successful, we could get another Terminator ride. Yeah, I think look what happened with Kong Skull Island or or whatever you want to call it. They closed what? Confrontation, and then what? like fifteen what? years later, they built the new Kong ride, Islands of Adventure. You know that one, though. That one's not really based off of Skull Island. Well, it, close enough. It's Kong. It's synergy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I, okay. I, I'm just saying it's the idea of it was built. In the same like year of when Kong Skull Island was getting yeah, released, yeah. I mean, yeah, right word synergy. You, you know, Universal Studios with screens everywhere. Terminator was <gasps> one of the screens, screens, screens. <laughs> the Fast that and mean, Furious screens, oh, Simpsons screens. Screens. screens, Harry Potter screens, Transformers screens, Judy Fallon screens. Uh, Shrek screens, Mario Minions Kart. screens. Everything is screens. Yeah, like I hope all the Nintendo stuff is in screens. It's all gonna be screens. It's all because because uni- Universal has realized they can sit there. Universal does not care about quality. Their I thing know. is they're just gonna keep pumping out so many new attractions because they're lo- like I don't blame Universal for this, but they're looking. I, Disney's all about sacred cows. Universal's about what's hip and new, and they're just gonna constantly keep swapping things out every decade with, with something I, new. Dude, I'm begging. I need an outdoor Donkey Kong queue. 
I need like a real jungle sort of thing with like the barrels and everything. Oh my god! I don't. I, I really don't get how that Nintendo land's gonna be popular. I do not think there's enough demand there for that. Will it have Dude. a market? Sure, but it's not gonna be the same thing like Harry Potter or Star Wars. But I, um, I like I like Nintendo. Yeah, I know, but intent. But think about though, like like everybody and their brother knows Harry Potter. Like my at, pa- my parents I'm, know Harry Potter. Six year olds know Harry Potter. Okay. Okay, I'm in all fairness, Donkey Kong poster right now. In all <laughs> I fairness, doubt that. I would like for you to attempt to buy a the Super NES system not, that comes out. I'm no. not doubting don't, that there's not demand for that, but I don't think like, the whole the whole. I know. I was about to say if you thought that Reggie's Friday was crazy, Reggie's lying. There will be blood. Oh, I don't doubt that. Like Eric was telling with the telling me about the amiibos. Yeah, it's like oh, people man. get shanked oh. in the line at GameStop. Yeah, them. <laughs> <Robbed> <laughs> them <trucks laughs> at gunpoint. That's what I mean. So it's like I'm not doubting whether there's a market for this. The market's there, but the whole point of theme parks is like, like, I guess, like if you live in Florida and it's like an hour car ride. <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo Land is just full of people scalping like NES uh, minis and Nintendo Switches. That's the whole experience. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. But like, think about that. Like, yes, Nintendo things are popular, but a lot of that's because Nintendo also does weird things where they deliberately underproduce these sort of things and oh, creates boy, artificial yeah. demand. Yeah, no, yeah, that that originated with the Wii. It's like that, and that was uh, that was not uh, on purpose or anything. They, that's just how much they manufactured. Like, oh, oh that, that made our stock look bigger, so let's do that. But like, more. but that's what I mean. Though it's like, it's like, will Nintendo Land be successful? Sure, I don't doubt that. But it's not going to be the runaway success that Harry Potter was or what Disney's hoping with Star Wars Galaxy's yeah. Edge. It's not going to be that because there's not enough. Yeah, I think about because uh, I think Nintendo's, uh, I think they're also missing like Pokemon that's not really in the plans. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you look at Harry Potter at Universal, and we're getting really off topic here. But it's, yeah. you have, but look at Harry Potter though. You have Butterbeer. You have the wands. You have the no. outfits. You have the iconography. You do not have that sort of thing with Nintendo things. Oh, like, but you're right. You know, you don't Nintendo have much. Nintendo has iconography. Are you kidding? I know, but no one's but no one's going to say thing about. It. You can buy like someone is absolutely like I, I I was I liked Harry Potter growing up. I was never like I really have, deep into it. But now like I'm staring at now I'm staring at my <laughs> Mario McDonald toys. I, I okay. I'm not doubting that there's not a market. What I'm trying to say, though, is that it's not going to be the the rabbits or the great success that Harry Potter land is. Or like with Star Wars. Miles to go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to get a special super-duper limited edition lightsaber that lets you do force powers in the theme park. The same uh-huh. way people traveled miles to get a Harry Potter wand and to relive the Ollivander's experience. What about there's that, that, there's like, not that sort of thing for, for Nintendo. Thing? There isn't. What about Unless you like, go to that theme park and you get an amiibo, you can only get it at the theme park. What about if they sure. give you like what about if they give you like jump boots or something? They give you what? Junk bonds? No jump, jump boots. boots. I, I, that, I would imagine the lawyers would not sign off with that with a thirty foot pole. Oh that'd be hard. It. To do. Go, that's it. You go down the flagpole like Mario. That's it. Like I said, crush turtles. I, I, <laughs> oh man, Pete will be so so on your case for crushing the turtles. You know, th- that could totally be the playground, though. It's like the castle, and then it just has like the flagpole and whatever that the kids slide down. That's a perfect playground. Uh, is ET gonna survive this? What does this mean? What does that mean? Uh, the Nintendo Land. Isn't it taking over Kid Zone or whatever? 
Uh, yeah, it's taking over Kid Zone. You're going to lose all the Woody Woodpecker stuff, Barney. Uh, E.T. is the only thing that's going to survive in that section it's gonna, of the park. It's going to survive, right? Yeah. Oh, over, Spiel, yep. over Spielberg's dead body. Oh, yeah. And the, om- the, only, the only original ride. Yep. The only one. Universal does not have know, secret know, cows like Disney. Think about it. The moment they shut down Jaws, everything was free game at that park. Everything yeah. after all the nonsense they went through, that after how they basically had to rebuild that ride like two oh, months yeah, they, after they, the park oh, opened, yeah. they went through hell and earth. Yeah, I get something to get us back on topic. All right, um, did you guys okay. know that is Colin Trevorrow's birthday? That this is <laughs> yeah. oh. oh man, I wish I would have fired him on his birthday. It would have been be, better. What, what is he? That's like mm. CM Punk getting fired on his wedding day. <laughs> Oh, All right, so back to J- for the seventh time now, back to JJ episode nine. Yesterday, when half the internet was celebrating the return of mediocrity to the Star Wars saga, there was a small blip in that press release that everyone was overlooking immediately. And that was Chris Terrio, the co-writer of Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of the Worst Title of History, is co-writing this film. And, and- Argo. And he won an oh, Academy Award for it. That winning an Oscar I know, I know. is by no means show quality. Yeah. Plus, plus, uh, yeah, I agree. Also, Argo based on true events and everything, so kind of anyone could write something about that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, but I remember it's like it's like I, I, I this is the record. I like Batman versus Superman. Batman versus Superman probably has one of my favorite comic book sequences in all of I comic know book history. It, Zach. Which oh, one? I like Batman. Oh, okay. I absolutely love the nightmare sequence. I that might oh. be one of my favorite. It probably is, if it's not my f- number one favorite, it's probably second only to the um, long uh, long take from the Avengers. I absolutely love every single moment of uh, nightmare. And considering that there's absolutely no dialogue in that scene, it leads me to believe that Chris Terrio probably had very little to do with it. The only problem with that scene is you could clear, clearly see Affleck's stunt double. Same thing with the warehouse fight. They need to work on that. Yeah. I don't care. I love the idea of a armored, like, like an armored post-apocalyptic Batman with goggles, like wading through Mad Max Gotham or, or Metropolis, trying to buy kryptonite. And you have these weird, like I know they're parademons now, but at the time I had no idea what was going on. And you see yeah, all these weird things going on. And I'm watching it going, oh my God, yeah, this is fantastic. Also, I want the whole had, movie to be this. They also had the Sons of the Bat from Dark Knight Returns. Yep, you have that. Uh, and then mm-hmm. at the very end, and after the, at the very end of this sequence, and this might be one of my favorite moments in a theater. At the end of that whole nightmare sequence, you have the most poorly realized version of the Flash oh ever ever put to. I don't know what whoever put on a screen, whether it be television or whatever, yelling Bruce, Bruce, and you can't even understand half of it. Bleh! Don't trust him. And it's like it's like Lois. And it's like, I remember the moment ended and every single person in the theater turned to each other and said, what? <laughs> plus, it's, plus it was confusing if it was, was that the dream? Because it's like, uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up after it. So it's like, was that a dream? Now, it, it's like, for some reason that movie vaguely implies that Bruce Wayne actually has the ability to somehow interact with the future or see possible future events somehow, which I mean, it's, 
be because of some other things going on. As for that costume with the Flash, I'll defend it in this regard. He could have been having to use the speed force and travel through time, which is why the suit was weird looking and had like. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. I don't I don't even have a problem with that. Oh no, the scene makes sense. Like, like once you, but like I, I oh, it doesn't. That's that's the fun part. It it doesn't make it, sense in the context of what we've been given as of right now. As a comic fan, I can make sense of it, but that's just yeah. me guessing. But like, I I like like I like to believe that I'm caught up on comics and that like I can usually identify things that most more DC than Marvel. Like I I, I know my Marvel now. But like I remember seeing that, and I'm like, is that is that? Because I knew Ezra Miller was the Flash, and I'm like, is that Ezra Miller? I, I couldn't even tell it was him. Oh, that, it wasn't oh, until I that, read it on the internet afterwards. Yeah, and he, and he has like that bad like mustache on and whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. It's it, 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 you honestly don't, at first I thought maybe it was um supposed to be his his Robin like his Robin somehow like giving him something like like, like don't do it, Bruce, because I think they showed that the empty suit with the the Joker graffiti on it. But no, I absolutely love Nightmare, and that's the last thing I'll say yeah. for now. You know, you know that would have been better if, like, Flash said you have to save Martha. It would have made more sense than you have to save... <laughs> no, it actually would have made more sense than you have to save Lois. Well, it's not Lois. No, it's the fact- it, hold, hold on. It, Go ahead, Zanger. It, it, here's the problem. DC is going about this the completely wrong way, and I'm glad that... I, 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 I don't like bashing any of the DC films, because I know what they're trying to do, and it's one of those things to where, like, you're sitting there and you're like, you are trying so hard. I, I don't want to stop you, but I kind of need to, or I kind of need to say something. They're trying to retroactively go back and do the group movie first, and then do the end of it. And it's like, you're doing this oh. completely backwards of how Marvel did it. Marvel got all away with all this stuff because they did years and years of it. I mean, I love DC. I want the DCU to work. I want to see a Green Lantern movie that works. I want to see, you know, Superman on the big screen. I want to see that. I want to see this stuff. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's frustrating because I know what they're trying to do. And as a fan, you don't have to fill me in. I get it's, it. I'm, I'm on board. But it's as funny. For, it's, it's funny because ahead. like, uh, and they were like gonna make like a just lead team movie. They wanted it out in like 2015. They were gonna start in like 2013. They already had a script and everything. They really didn't care about any solo movies. People it, people forget about that. They had like a whole script and everything. Lobo was gonna be in it. Mm-hmm. Lobo. Yes. <laughs> and that's the problem. DC stuff is so weird and obscure. And that's the problem is Marvel's been around for so long. Everyone's so used to it. And DC's I got. I, I don't like who knew about Iron Man? That's the thing. DC has Marvel the had to start out obscure, and that's why they had to build up these characters. Like Iron Man, yeah, he's a good character in the comics. He's become more relevant recently, but when he was coming out, he was just kind of oh yeah, he's that billionaire guy that sort of yeah, and, has and, and he too. and he had that rock and theme song on the Fox Kids cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem, I think it's also worth pointing out. With um, like what Iron Man and all them did was that you also had, you took a um, character who was like I, I, that's something I hate about what Marvel does now. They're like, oh, we took this D-list character and made him an A-lister. Iron Man was never a D-list character. He, he was, was B, not. B plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, C-list. He, nah, he was one tier I'd below say he, below B plus because he he was involved in a lot of the crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, pretty regularly. He, yeah, he, he's he he's been in Avengers since the start. Yeah, so like he wasn't that though. But the thing that really helped 
transcend or help elevate Iron Man was that you gave you got a Bafo performance from Robert Downey Jr. Like yeah, that, and, that, and you also and you also got the uh, Matt Fraction comic run like around that time when they were starting mm-hmm. to make the movie around two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the extremist storyline and yeah. stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great story. Well, I mean, yeah, that was more Warren Ellis, but still, it was around that time. But yeah, that but that's what I'm going back to is that you have it's like Marvel got lucky. I don't mean lucky in the sense that like they they chose something. They went with okay, oh, no, we're they not flew by the seat of their pants when they made Iron Man. That, yeah, that, they, they bet the farm on that movie. Exactly. And then you have you have that. And you really, and that's why, even to this day, think about Iron Man is almost ten years old, and look, look what happened with Spider Man Homecoming. Iron Man does buoy that film a lot more than we like to give it credit for. He is what's making that that film's probably going to get close to the billion dollar club thanks to his role in it. And the thing about DC is that DC does not have that. DC does not have, or I'm sorry, the DC EU does not have that right now. They do not have a charismatic actor. As much as they like keep telling themselves that Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is that, it, it, she, she, she ain't no Iron Man. I don't what care what the box Af- office growth is. He's, he's not charismatic either. Like He's fun to watch. But like you really, I think he does a great job as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Because yeah. th- he, he is a comic fan. How do you feel yeah. about Chris Terrio co-writing Episode 9? I feel like it. Could, I feel like it could work. Uh, you know, just reel them in a bit. Uh, I feel like it could work uh, because uh, you know you look at uh, you look at Batman v Superman a bit and uh, the stuff he wrote there. Uh, that's you know kind of ex- inspired by uh, you know Joseph Campbell and all his works, and Lucas was inspired by Campbell's work as well. So it kind of intertwines in a way. All right, I'll take that, Mark. How do you did you like Batman vs Superman, Mark? Uh, I was okay with it. Uh, I prefer the uncut version, the ultimate cut. Well, I mean, um, that that's the only version I'll talk about these days. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was all right. Um, so just just real quick, um, just you know, for my recollection, what's the other guy's name that's on board here that was announced? Uh, Chris a Terry. few weeks. No, a few weeks ago, there was a guy that was announced oh, yeah, that he was going to write. The other writer, I forget his name. Um, Mark, you, you want me to completely dis- destroy Zach today? Uh-oh. Um, let's see. All right. <laughs> what can you do? Remember you said you are trying to talk him off the edge? I'm shoving him off. Um, so, you, you know how you keep on saying that there's like this, that there's going to be this dark thing from the, from the unknown regions that's coming and that that's the whole thing and they have to band together? What if it's just another giant planet-sized destroy, planet-sized laser blasting planet destroying thing that they have to band together for and this time the the federa- or the, the federation trade the federation tra- the trade federation yeah. makes a big comeback yes the, there you go the, and they built a planet destroying giant planet with lasers all, them, all over all them chinese caricatures make a big comeback Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, God. You, you you should have seen when when we uh, my theater marathoned everything before Force Awakens. Everyone was dying when uh, Viceroy Gunray was on with his uh, stereotypical thing. Everyone was just cracking yeah. up. They they couldn't hold how funny it was. I love I love this. What is Red Letter Media called in the Shatnarians? The Shatnarians. Like I I said I oh my lord I don't I. <laughs> I, the problem is that like I keep joking about how 
bland and vanilla that what JJ's going to do. But like, I, I feel like he's just going to bland. Because the problem now is that it was bad enough when they, like, like I said, I've explained it before, and I'm going to explain it again. The Force Awakens is kind of like, what if you had a Beatles reunion tour 30 years after the last time they got together? And like I said, for the sake of argument, let's pretend that John Lennon and George Harrison are still alive. What? If they were they able are? to get the... I think you made that exact same joke, too. Uh, and the thing about it, if you were able to get all four of those guys back together in, in a concert arena, you would not want them to play new music. You'd want them to play their hits. You'd want, you'd want to hear Yellow Submarine. You'd want to hear all, all their stuff. You could, I, you could, I mean mine. You'd want to hear all that. So I get why The Force Awakens is the way it is. It's not exactly the way I would have done it, but that's to each his own. I can't get mad because yeah. they make the movie I envisioned. But at the same time, though, they already did that. They already got everybody on board with Star Wars. And the problem now yeah, is that by, by rehiring they... J.J., they're admitting, we do not want new ideas. We want to stay at this one particular well, and we are going to drink from this well until it runs dry. And then we're going to find some, Then we're going to find another Brett Ratner. Or, or at this point, I think it's safe to say that J.J. Abrams is the new Brett Ratner. He's a corporate oh. shell. He'll he'll do whatever the studio oh. wants. He won't it, he won't push back. Well, it's true. Look at it. it. Did he it won't mean, push back. I've I've actually gained respect for Brett Ratner recently after he sort of took a stand against Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, jeez! Don't tell uh, me you're one of those. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's, I, there's. I mean, there's some truth to it. I mean, it's. I I don't think. I mean, you should try harder to get good reviews, but still, I think there's some merit to it. You know what? You know what Rotten Tomatoes should do? They shouldn't allow critics to rate something a 3 out of 10 and then give it a fresh rating. They should not allow that. You know what it should be? It should be like Metacritic. If you want to be objective, if you want to sit there and do that, tell critics you either you do fresher or you don't let the critics decide what their fresher rotten thing is. Rotten Tomatoes should hire an editorial board that goes through and looks at each of the reviews that they accept to their website and let them decide. And that's what it is. Do not let, I guess that, that's what happened with the 2016 Ghostbusters. Almost half the reviews oh, were yeah. negative, and they have fresh rating because the, the, the author of the review was allowed to choose that. It's like, yeah. no, you cannot rate something a 3 out yeah. of 10 and give it a fresh rating. Run Tomatoes, the, the current algorithm, someone correct me if I'm wrong. It, it's, it's like this. So, I'm on it. Um, yeah, you, <laughs> this you might know, take so, a while. So my my understanding is that okay, a critic comes in, right? Writes a review, and you know, Grown Tomatoes is an aggregate site. So uh, what they'll do is that, you know, if the reviewer is like, a, you know, does something like, I don't know, five, yeah, you know, let's just say it's a ten point scale, uh, five or more, and that is a fresh. If it's four or less, rotten. That kind of thing. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, if it's like a two out of four scale uh, thing. So what then from there, um, what Ron Tomatoes does, well, all right, so we've got all these that are fresh out of the total. So if, you know, if four, if 12 of them are fresh, but, you know, the other four are not fresh, so that's, uh, what, 75%. Uh, they get a 75 on, you know, Ron Tomatoes. However, um the in you gotta look at the internals and and this is where this is where you know Rotten Tomatoes is misleading. Um, you know it may be that you know all those fresh ratings were 
you know, were sort of like mid-grades or so. So that's my understanding of how Rotten Tomatoes works. To be honest, like, I, I don't even really care about Rotten Tomatoes that much because, like, I, I sort of love bad movies, you know what I'm saying? It's like, pe- pe- people forget that you, you can enjoy bad movies. It's not like a sin if you enjoy a bad movie. You know no, it isn't. I feel like people are being a little, like, too snooty or sort of entitled these days like sometimes you know sometimes you just go to see trash to have fun or whatever yeah the problem is is that like 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 pirates of the caribbean 5 like i don't like i mean i don't care that it's rotten i mean it's a fun movie i had fun watching it yep the the problem is is that you got a lot of like film snobs on twitter that you know they act like they're the authority on films and they act like you know they have a right to dictate people's taste in yep. that kind of thing, and also, and, uh, also like Kong Skull Island, like every, everyone keeps trashing that movie. I don't give a damn. That's one of my favorite movies this year. I had a blast watching that. I think I mentioned this last week as well. Yes, you like Kong Skull Island, dude. It's so good. It looks so cool. I, that's, I, I, I agree with Eric in that sense. I, 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 I have a thing. I oh god, what was the movie called? Well, I was in um college and i was with my uh, cinema professor i was a film studies minor you know the cinema professors like the, the guys not, they're not snooty but they were conventional they were they were both film critics they worked one of them worked at um the afi american film institute and i tell them it's like I t- i'd say something like the worst kind of film is a forgettable film and they'd look at me and be like well what do you mean by that and i said do you ever see this movie called the debt and they go uh with jessica chastain and i said yeah and the bland guy from Avatar, like, yeah, we know that movie. And I said, oh. I saw that movie in theaters. It was a perfectly well-made film. It was competently made, competently acted. It had a decent story. Ten minutes after the movie came ended and I walked out of the theater, I couldn't remember anything about the movie. It was so vanilla in the middle of the road. It was, it, and I told him this, and I, I'll never forget this quote. It's the best film I've ever forgotten in that it was so vanilla. It did everything right, but it played it so safe. There was no point in remembering because it, it just uh-huh. it was by the numbers. And that's mm-hmm. why I told him. I said, I do not. I said, there's nothing worse in this life than vanilla. Vanilla is boring and it doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't challenge you. It doesn't make you think. It doesn't make you defend a position. And that's what frustrates me with movies. And so, yeah. like, when I, and like, I remember we'd have discussions after we watch movies. And like, and I'd always, not, I wouldn't have wonky opinions, but I'd have opinions that were that were a little bit off kilter. And it's like, well, what kind of movies do you like? And I tell people, I kind of like what Eric was saying. It's like, yes, I I I, I like popcorn schlock, like Eric. Yeah, That's basically yeah. the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. I like popcorn schlock. I like I like I don't want to say I like garbage, but I like things that are either like it's like what Zegner was making fun of me. I I would give me an Alien Covenant o- over Wonder Woman any day of the week. Give me Batman versus Superman over uh, Jurassic World anytime. I'd rather have something that's a complete. Me- like, okay, this is really good. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I saw that movie and I laughed my ass off Dude, because the yes. last five minutes of that movie is amazingly horrible and it does no, not and get it, enough credit. And, and it's like it's like you watch the behind the scenes of how they made that movie. It's like so fascinating and everything. The guys oh, who yeah. made Crank. Yes, the crank guys. Who I don't think I've ever worked again since working on that yeah. movie. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'd love, I'd love to see them come back. 
I have a real, I have a really big hot take. I would rather have. I got a bigger one. No, no, no. I don't think you're going to top this. I'd oh, rather have we'll a. I'd rather have a Josh Trank fan four stick than a Force Awakens. I would rather sit through yeah. fan four stick. I'd rather have something that's so off the walls insane that's a complete mess where every single person who's ever touched it has disowned it than a production where it's so by the numbers it it's contrived i i feel like i feel like i would agree but the problem is that fan four stick tried to be pretend a little too pretentious if it was just straight out fantastic four cosmic craziness i'd agree no i love the fact that josh trank wanted to do a a david cronenberg mm, nah I would say oh, more. It was a David. It's a David Cronenberg human, like or like a body horror oh, yeah. film that, with that, a comic book property. That one body horror scene is amazing. When like it Reed, did. when Reed's like going through like the gutters or whatever, and he sees mm-hmm. Johnny on fire. Another good scene was uh, Doom's hallway horror. Yeah, that was good. It, even that did pretty good, even for a PG thirteen rating. It didn't really oh, show that. Yeah, as dude, dude, no, that was, that wasn't pretty violent, honestly. Yeah. No, you see the uh, what is it, the MM the MPAA or whatever? They weren't paying attention because no one cares about Fantastic Fan Four Stick. You know what my biggest regret is? I wish, I wish I had gotten more merch. There's a, some merchandise for that film that was made, oh, and I no. really wish I tracked it down because I feel like 30 years from now that's gonna be worth a, like a fortune. Because nobody, like this, like, that's the thing about a lot of these weird films. It's like no one's going to be hurting or, or be really hard off trying to find Force Awakens merchandise, yeah, or Jurassic World merchandise. You know what? People are going to be like, like cinephiles, 30, 40 years. They're going to want merchandise from all these really like abstract properties, or like, yeah. or like these cinematic universes that died right out oh, of the, the gate. The Mummy. You yeah. laugh, but like, like, like mm, the Mummy does have momentum still. Because Universal has enough money to do stuff with it. Yeah, uh, I'd like, it depends on I'd, where they go from here. And I'd like to see Javier Bardem as Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, there's, 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 potent, there's potential in the Dark Universe. Uh, but get, the, no, get Del Toro, get Del Toro, get Del Toro. Mm, maybe, maybe. He li- I don't know, that, that's a weird one. Like, you know, I really want. I, I'm really hoping this would be a great crossover, especially with today's reveal. I want to see the Dark Universe crossover with the new Hellboy. I think that'd be so much fun. Oh, oh man. Um, got something for you guys, though, since we were discussing Rotten Tomatoes earlier on review, since we're completely off topic now. Um, so here's something for me to prove a point. I love the intellectual property for these movies. The movies themselves, I can give or take. But here's the point of why bad reviews and stuff don't affect movies. Transformers. All <laughs> of them. The highest rated one is 57. They, they all drastically dropped from there. They didn't do too hot this year with Transformers. They, they didn't last make them night out. didn't, but the other ones basically printed money. Michael Bay, and I'm I'm not I'm not defending him. I'm just saying he uh, he does I, one thing. He makes I like money. Bay. He makes money. He prints money when he makes like a people, movie. I have a hot take about Michael. I feel like people hate Michael Bay because he fa- he found out a way to uh, he figured out the system. You make he did. No, he did. That's. Yes, I don't. Yes, he did. No, you I'm. I'm agreeing tra- with you. I'm you agreeing make, you with make you. A tra- oh, you are. You know, you make a Transformers movie. You use the money to fund a project you want to make. He. he, um, he uh, gain. Yeah, thirteen hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, that's I, the thing. 
I love Transformers. Like, to be honest, like I, I, I love the old nineteen eighty six cartoon movie. If you can find that, that is plus if you if you want to talk about a Star Wars remake uh, that a lot of people don't know, uh, the first Transformers movie it's somewhat a Star Wars remake in the is. beginning. I it think is. we talked it, about that week uh, that last week as well. Here's the thing: it's I, I I love that I love everything about that. The movies I could give or take with them. I'm like I don't care to be honest. They're I like three. They're there. I like. I, I like the first one. I like the third one. They're there for me. That's not my Transformers. That's somebody. That is something else. My Transformers are the cartoon, and nothing can really change that for me. Yeah. Can someone explain? Okay, I have an explanation for the Transformers. I can still remember in the summer uh, of two thousand. Do, do you like any of them? Uh, let me get to that. I, I have a complicated history with the Transformers series. The first, the, the the Michael Bay ones. I mean, I had no interest in the toys growing up. Toys did not interest me at all. Uh, in 2000, the summer of 2007, I remember I did not care about that. I was a Spider-Man 3 and a Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End oh, junkie. Oh, boy. And I loved those. T- oh, I, I, I was hyped for those two. That was, that was the Spider-Man 3 summer. And I remember, like, Transformers. I remember, like, all my friends talking about it. And it was like, oh. And it was like, this is this. And I had one friend. She's like, oh, man, I absolutely love this movie. I, I remember watching like the previews for it. I had, I could not make heads or tails of what was oh, going on during the previews. The great te- the great moon teaser. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can that, see- that was a good one. Well, I remember that seeing that during teaser. my. I remember seeing that during the previews for Jackass too. I remember that, and I'm like, what is this? I don't care. And then I remember like I'm that, but going back to that summer, I remember like everybody talking about it. And I like, I could not for the life of me figure out what the plot was. And I'm like, there's. And I remember I went to some party and some kids like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, can you just tell me what the plot is? And he explained it to me, and he like rambled on for like 15 minutes. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, you could be speaking a different language, and I'm pretty sure I'd be understanding. <laughs> Cybertonian. So I, I had no, I had no interest in it whatsoever. Then like a few months later, I got it from my library. I watched it, and my only question, I still have it, and no one's been able to answer it to me, was that Shia LaBeouf has the cube, and Optimus Prime goes, uh, Shia LaBeouf, shove the cube in my chest if I can't stop Megatron. And I'm going, why can't he just shove it in Megatron's chest? Why can't Optimus Prime just take the cube, shove it in Megatron, and end this? And then, have been like 10 minutes later, that's what Shia LaBeouf does. I'm like, wow, I could have solved this a lot earlier for everybody. And then by the time the second one came out, and I'm like, okay, oh, these movies, I was two years old. That one. No, listen, okay, I got another hot. This just shows you how insane I am. I saw it within like the first couple of days it was open, and I actually find the second one the most coherent out of no. all the films because it has a clear purpose. They have to go to Egypt to revive Optimus Prime. That's the whole plot. Oh, it makes perfect uh, yeah. sense. It's, yes, of, co- of course. The one that was written during the writer's strike makes the most it makes sense. Perf- it makes the perfect. <laughs> to me, to this day, out of the five Transformers films, that's the only one that has a, has a clear point. Optimus Prime dies, and Shia six. LaBeouf has to has to what? Six. No. Well, they're getting to a six one. They haven't made this. No, 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 no. I include the 1986 one. The oh, animated we're, one. We're talking the Bay verse. B a y, not B a e. But thank you. Oh, he, and, he's 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 Bay. He is Bay. So, I second one, even with the enemy scrotum, is directly below me. 
like I said, I, I get I get that movie. Third one comes oh, wow. out. I saw the third one opening night, and I got a horrible seat. So for three hours, I had to crane my neck upwards, and I have no idea what happens except for at one point, Josh Duhamel has like like a flying squirrel suit and is flying through the skyscrapers of Chicago. You know what? I was fine and happy with that. I was start. I have no idea what happened. But, oh, yeah, my favorite memory from the third Transformers movie is that something, something goes on with Patrick Dempsey. He disappears for an hour and a half during the movie, completely reappears during the last 15 minutes, goes up to Megatron's like, thank you, my lord. And I'm like, what is going on? I have, well, like, why is McDreamy thanking Trans- the giant robot? Transformers 3, it, it, was Man of, it did Man of Steel before Man of Steel. <laughs> But no, actually, I mean, even even so, uh, what what Prime does at the end of uh, Transformers Three is worse oh, than it's great. Man of Steel. Oh no, the end of Transformers Three is fantastic because it fits thematically with where the Transformers series is going from no. that point onwards. No, but it, Trans- you know what I'm talking. You know oh, I know exactly. Let me. No, yes, and let me get. I'm getting to it right now. It's a great moment. You have a children's robot movie, and it ends with the villain pleading with the hero for forgiveness and the Dude, hero shoots i know and the hero shoots the bad guy in the face and says f you and that's how the movie ends and I, it's like one of those moments where if i was as cynical then as i am now i would have stood up and applauded in the theater and said you cannot write better schlock than this and then the best part then you have the fourth movie which I've seen like three or four times now. I have no idea what I, goes on through that either. I, I like the I, I like the fourth one because like the the Transformers take like the center stage. Like it's a story about them. Yes, but the best. Hey, Mark. Much like Mark. <laughs> Mark just gave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I just I just wanted to say I'm sorry for causing this. <laughs> no, that's no, all right. It's all right. You know, we'll talk, I, I figured we'll talk about Legos in a couple of minutes. We'll make it up. Yeah. Now. We'll let him talk no, about Legos. I, <laughs> I, I figure that you know, with the uh, the uh, you know, with the news yesterday, it's just not you know, it's, it's not something. I mean, we, you can only stretch it so much that you know, it's yeah, right. it's, I just wanted to say something. So I'm like, no, but, like I brought this back, up, and I'm not even involved, and I'm like, poor Mark. Yeah, but going back, th- that Transformers Three, what happened? That was way worse than what happened in Man of Steel. At least with Man of Steel, like. Uh, Clark was trying to like defend people. We're, n- like, we're not even getting into Man of Steel because I, I have issues with that. No, let me finish my recap but, of but the Transformers. But, films. but still, like I'm saying, with and then with Transformers Three, it's like the problem solved in Prime. No, it's kills them. it's completely different because in Man of Steel, they still try to are trying to feed us the notion that Superman for some reason cares about people, even though he's essentially caused a genocide. It's like, no, you do not get to have... He's murdered, like, millions of people. Who cares about four people? It's like Superman should deliberately point Zod's face in the direction of those people. I'm like, I'm going to take... I'm going to one-up... Let's up the ante. (laughs) But no, let's go back to Transformers 4. The best part of Transformers 4 is that the film ends with Optimus Prime saying, I'm going to murder God as he flies into space with his sword and shield. That is a great way to end a space robot movie. The best, no, the best part of Transformers 4 is when Galvatron says, I'll be back. And then Transformers 5 comes and he's like back as Megatron for some reason. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Michael Bay doesn't care. So why should I care? I know. I know. But, and then the fifth one I saw in theaters the day it came out. And I have, I have no idea. I actually have no idea what happens. All I know is that there's a submarine for some reason. And Anthony Hopkins, I guess, really no. wanted another addition onto his house. 
and then something something happens. I don't know. It's getting late, and let's just give one final wrap up. So at least we can say we try to keep this on topic and putting a nice little Never. bow on it. I mean, Never. I had fun. Oh, that's that's, that's I did always too. good. Oh, good. I'm glad. It's. I feel bad for people who click on this expecting to hear us talk about J.J. Abrams episode nine yeah. and get to hear about pretty much everything <laughs> else. But <laughs> to that. be fair, we well, talked about it last week. To yeah, be but fair, we, I mean, someone's in complete denial about the situation, so we did hey, everything we could to distract them. Exactly, but to be fair, though, that person's editing this and has to try to make a coherent narrative out of it. So now you know my nightmare it, every week. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, all right, I I would imagine all three of you are just fine with this, or I would imagine Eric has a little bit of reservations. Yeah. But how about How about you, Zanger? Zanger, do you? What's your final say on this? Oh, him being on. Uh, as I said earlier, I think the best point I made was the whole thing about I feel like this is going to make the the Last Jedi this weird sort of out there out the the outlier of the series. So it's this huge question of you know why couldn't he have just done the entire trilogy at this point? So Mark, what, what's your opinion on this? Good, bad, indifferent? Uh, I'm indifferent. I'm gonna be honest with you. I yeah, I, I like Force Awakens. Uh, yes, it could have taken more risks, but it did introduce some great characters. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, give it a shot. Um, you know, I'm not gonna freak out. You know, we gotta wait till the Last Jedi comes out to see how, you know, what kind of direction um, JJ will take Episode Nine. You know, so you know, it's really, you know, a mystery at this point. Um, but I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give him a chance, and um, we'll see how this goes. And uh, you know, fingers crossed, so uh, you know that we don't see a uh, a new planet that a chunk of it removed off it, and and somehow they make they they put a laser on it. You know, it's all right. They'll they'll carve out the the middle of Hoth and put a giant. Uh, I'm telling you guys, the supremacy is the super weapon. I'm in agreement with that. Ugh. Because in right, Legends, right. they did have a Star Destroyer that was converted to have a um, planet. Actually, no. Even better. The Eclipse, which was the rumor, which is supposed to be what Snow took over, but now it's yes. the supremacy, actually had a laser on it that could crack the surface of a planet. Could uh, I don't think it could destroy <laughs> it with one shot, but I think it had to take several to do it. All right, Eric, what, what are your opinion? Good, bad, and different? Sort of indifferent, I guess. I think... I think, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a safe choice. Uh, you know, probably won't get like what, what the you know the whatever Trevorrow uh, wanted to do with it. Uh, I wonder if like uh, JJ answered the questions that he answered the questions that he made in Force Awakens. I wonder if he has like a plan, or did he just like uh, pass the baton off to like Ryan and the rest of uh, Lucas film and he, and he di didn't really have an input on, you know, Ray's heritage or who's Snoke or any other of those questions. So it, it's going to be interesting. And also no, another thing, because uh, JJ, uh, he's used to throwing things off to other people and having them finishing like with Lost. All he did was like the pilot episode. And then th that's really all he ever did. That's what JJ really does. He just starts things off and then he hands it off to other people. So it's going to be interesting to see him sort of do a full circle and come back. Well, I think it's also worth noting is that there's not going to be a th everyone keeps looking at this thing. Oh, it's going to be the last chapter of the sequel trilogy. 
It's like, yeah, that that's a cute notion. But I mean, I like it did, to be. Well, that, exactly. There's no way this story's ending. Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are in their early to mid-20s. There's no way that this is the last we see of Ray, Finn, and Poe for the next 30 years. They are going to be constantly entrenched in new Star Wars stories. I guess it's not just going to be simply comic books and, and, and books and TV specials. We are going to see those characters again in other movies. Star Wars it's, X is going to be the most edgy, edgy thing ever. Well, that's what I mean, though. So like, that's the question, too, is that we keep looking at this as if, oh, like you just said, Eric, J.J. usually starts things and then has other people finish them. This is another instance of that. Episode 9 is not going to conclude anything. It might conclude the Snoke story. It might conclude that, though. But as long now that Han Solo is yeah, Or it might end the First Order. Well, yeah, but now think about it, though. Now that... Han Solo is narratively dead. Carrie Fisher is now literally dead. It's who, oh. who's going to be left? It's it's Luke. It's going to be Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker too. So there's no That's way. Thing. To, I wonder, I wonder kill him if he's excited that he gets to write Luke now. I wonder. He had the chance to write Luke the first time and chose not yeah, to. So, I, I, so I'm inclined to believe that. I got everyone keeps saying, "Let's give JJ a chance." JJ already had a chance and he bunted. It's like, no, he does not get the benefit of the doubt. He is He's coming at this as somebody who, like I said, at least with Trevorrow, who would have thought I would look back at the Trevorrow days and say, wow, because at least we had the chance. At least with Trevorrow, there was, a, there was a glimmer of hope he might do something new. Not likely, but at least there was a 1% chance. With J.J., we know he's not going to do anything new because if you look at his filmography, he's incapable of doing something new. Everything he does is a der- either derivative of previous projects or homages to something else. Look at The Super man can't 8. help himself. Well, that's what I mean, though. He, he's steeped in nostalgia, which even though it, it's, it's like if, it's like what the South Park did with the, the the what was the episode? He had to re- redo the national anthem so people wouldn't, wouldn't protest it. And that's essentially what he is. He knows how to regurgitate familiar ideas, which I guess is the entire business model of current of current modern day Hollywood. But at the same time, though, is that that does not make for interesting cinema. And I guess that's my yeah. perspective. JJ already had his time in the sun, but again, it, it show. Like I said, whatever, however he folds his socks, he clearly knows <laughs> what he's doing. He knows how to fold his socks better than <laughs> than than Lord and Miller, Gareth Edwards, Josh Trank. Uh, the only person that might give JJ a run for his money in the sock folding department might be Ron Howard. That's the only person. Oh. Maybe, maybe JJ can give me tips on how to eat my Darth Vader sock. Maybe he knows oh. how to fold it just right so, so it won't when, hurt to go down. Remember when Lord and Miller were supposed to have a cameo in episode 8 or something like that? <laughs> oh, That oh, definitely awkward. got edited out. Oh. Much like most of this episode, that definitely got edited out of episode 8. So, Zach, you want to give us a detour? Real quick. Oh. No, no, I, I'll, I'll give you a detour. They, they replaced the Lord and the, Miller cameo with uh, what is it, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, they replaced it with Ron Howard. It's very deliberate. Oh. They get yanked it's, off by a... By a by a cane and it's right yeah, out a giant cane kind of reaches in and just pulls them slowly off. All right, Zinger, go ahead. All right, my detour for you this week is this entire episode. Oh, <laughs> I went meta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought okay, I find that amusing. Um, as for a final thing, I'm not trying to start another conversation, but does everyone else remember all the Star Wars movies featuring Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill we got after, you know, Return of the Jedi. 
I feel oh, like this is a where, trick question. Where are you going with this? I'm going with this because we didn't get any of those. So I'm just trying to poke the bear here and say, why do you think we're going to get them with these with the new actors? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, because Disney. I, well, yeah. I mean, there, there there's a different circumstance now, but I'm sure there was a group of people probably not doing a podcast, but probably sitting around going, I can't wait for yeah, all the other Star Wars movies magazine. that are going to come. Well, why, well, why I say that? Like, oh, we're. I'm not saying we're going to get another. Star Wars film that's Ray Finn and Poe centric. I mean, we're probably gonna get like I don't know uh, a Resistance movie that takes place five years before the Force Awakens, where Poe might have oh. a a supporting role, or a First Order movie where we see Finn in the background for five minutes and we see him training. I mean, something like that. I, I oh. will we see the oh. three main with, characters come with, back? With, I think, with but his, with Finn with his pal Slip or Pip or whatever. The the, the traitor guy, yeah. No, no. The, didn't, remember they hired some like parkour artist, and then he didn't do any parkour in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Pip Pip Anderson or whatever. I don't know his name. But yeah, no. apparently he was just some some nothing stormtrooper in the end. Maybe that's one of the cut scenes or whatever. Maybe it's right next to all the stuff they cut from Rogue One. I have an idea. Maybe instead of me eating my Darth Vader stuff, maybe I can tie both of them together and hang myself with it come December 2019. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just wear them as Dark. elephant ears or whatever. I think I think your punishment for instead of eating your sock is editing this episode. It's all right. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll, you know, it's so funny. The worst part of all this is just I'm going to sit there and be steeped in misery for the next two years. It's just the whole idea of I was on a roller coaster of emotions. I was elated Hello, darkness, that my that, old friend. <laughs> oh man, no, no. Oh, great idea. Everyone, okay. Assume that every one of my detour stuff ends with Zach waking up in a cold sweat, <laughs> and, and, and it, like end of every episode is just him waking up going, "Huh." Oh, oh. No, he's sad. Too much closer are we? <laughs> I would imagine every single episode ends with me waking up in a cold sweat going, oh, they fired Colin Trevorrow. And then I wake up from that dream. And it's, but they hired J.J. Abrams to replace him. And, the flash like a comes to you, and then the flash comes to you in your dream and says, it gets worse, uh, Zach. No, <laughs> no, it has to be me you gotta coming save, to him in the dream. You've got to save Colin. <laughs> That'd be great. That's my version of Batman versus Superman. It's Zenger in the, um, the, what is it called? The speed suit, whatever it's called, speed yeah. force suit. And comes through, Zach, Colin was the key. He cut Colin. Oh, I'm too soon. Ah! Fear her. Fear Kathleen. Yeah. Fear Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> Buy more Captain Phasma stuff. <laughs> it's just all this weird cryptic Star Wars nonsense. <laughs> so concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader a Star Wars podcast. At this point, I feel like the Star Wars podcast part is false yeah, advertising. Asterisk. Asterisk. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at KOV Podcast. Make sure to check out our sponsor, SkywardFunSupply.com, for all your toy needs. If you like what you hear, chances are you don't this time, but please let us yeah. know. Leave us a review on iTunes. If not for me, do it for Eric. Eric, will you please tell our audience to please review us for you? Come on, do it for me. Do it for the people. Do it for, do it for Colin. Do it for Colin. Do it for Colin. I it's think, his I birthday. Think it's his birthday. <laughs> Review. That's gonna be our new marketing well, it, pitch. 
it was his birthday the day we recorded this. Yeah. Exactly. So it still counts. It's a belated gift to Colin. The Speed Force. All right. We're in the Speed Force. It's fine. There we go. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter at Rogue Knight, K N I T E. Where can people find you guys? You can find me on Twitter at SWMegafan. That's S W M E G A F A N. And you can find me, Zinger, on the Zingness Podcast, as well as everywhere else on the internet. Yeah, and then you can find me on Twitter at uh, Age of Myself. Uh, we, yeah, do that. We do uh, the mutuals. Hopefully, uh, we could uh, sort of resurface the mutuals soon. Oh, boy. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Yeah. Right, good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.